0: Welcome to the Hill City Church Podcast. We are a church family located in Springfield, Missouri. You can learn more about us and support our ministries at hillcitysgf.org. Hey, happy Father's Day. Fathers, wave at me. Wave at me. Let me just talk to you dads for a minute, okay? And I'm talking to this dad probably as much. Give yourselves grace today. Uh all of you give us dad's grace today. There's probably not an area where we lose more sleep and have more insecurities than if we're doing our jobs well. As dads, it costs us sleep, doesn't it, dads? Man, give yourselves grace today. Just point your kids to Jesus at all times. Happy Father's Day. Grab your Bibles. I'm just going to read a passage. We're going to be all over the Bible. I'm not necessarily going to teach this passage. I just want to. Kind of give us a starting point. Deuteronomy chapter 5, verse 12. Let me read it and then we'll pray and then we'll jump in. Observe the Sabbath day to keep it holy as the Lord your God commanded you. Six days shall you labor and do all your work. But the seventh day is a Sabbath to the Lord your God. On it you shall not do any work, you or your son or daughter or your male servant or your female servant or your ox or your donkey or any of your livestock or the sojourner who is within your gates. That your male servant and your female servant may rest as well as you. You shall remember that you were a slave in the land of Egypt. And the Lord your God brought you out from there with a mighty hand and an outstretched arm. Therefore, the Lord your God commanded you to keep the Sabbath day. God, we love you. And we're going to go to your word, and we're going to go to you, and we want to know what you have to say to us today through your word, not through me, but through your word. Uh, Open our eyes that we can see and behold awesome things from you. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. So if you're visiting, we've been in a little mini-series on work. Uh, This is our third week, and we're actually going to talk about rest today. And here's the reality. We must understand work properly. If we're going to understand rest properly, maybe another way to say this is we must understand our work biblically if, if we're going to really understand rest biblically. So if you remember our first two sermons just by way of review, we learned in our first one that God worked. And work was actually God's idea. And it's this thing that gives dignity. And work was here before sin was ever here. It was just part of how we are designed. We were made to work. And then, of course, sin came into the world and that changed our work as the earth started fighting back due to sin. And then, it, and then last week we talked about our work, what we do, is actually the Lord's work. And that we may, most, most of us will never work for a church, we will never uh, work in vocational ministry, but your work is ministry, and your work is the Lord's work, and I hope that many of you were encouraged by that. Today I want to jump in, and maybe this is an opinion, maybe some of you agree with this, maybe it's not an opinion, I don't know. I, I feel like our culture struggles with balance. Is that, is that fair? That's a fair assessment, okay? Maybe that's fact, I don't know. And here's what I mean by that, in light of what we're talking about. I, I think in our culture we have a lot of workaholics. People who are just burning it. They're getting, I'm, listen, don't, don't look at someone who works hard and they're a workaholic. No, we're, people, we're the people of God. We should work harder than anybody else. Okay? Listen, that's just how, I don't know what else to tell you. But there are people in our culture, and, and, and they are workaholics, and they just get after it, and they just work, 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 I mean, nearly work themselves to death, and they do this at the detriment of their family. They do this at the detriment of their relationships. They do this at the detriment of universal good. They just, they're working and it's out of balance. They work too much, they work too hard. And then, and then we have a lot of people in our culture who, who are maybe on the other end and, the, and they actually don't work terribly hard. They, they look at ways to avoid work. Maybe they're not, maybe a word, and I'm hesitant to use this word, but maybe they're not driven enough, I, I don't know. But here's what I would hope. I would hope that the people of Hill City are neither one of those. I would hope that we as the people of God are people of balance. In the passage that I read, it talked about six days shall you labor. Now this isn't really American culture on either end of the spectrum, right? I mean, we we by and large have a five day work week, don't we? And then we have two days off. Now for most of us, because I know most of you, Like, typically it's a Saturday, right? You have a Saturday off. Well, from your vocation, but that's also the day that we're paying bills and we're mowing grass and we're doing all, it's still a work day, right? And that's, listen, that's the Lord's work. Those are things we have to do. But the fact also remains that we are a society that is addicted to antidepressants like we've never been, drugs, drugs, alcohol, mental illness is blowing up, why? Why is this happening? Well, the simple answer is sin, the same reason that our work became toil, sin, but, but even, maybe even a, a better way to say it is we, we do not view things the way that God views things. And it is, it is in our best interest to view things the way God views things. My fear is that we may not be viewing our work properly. The psalmist, the, the psalmist prayed this. This is magnificent. Psalms chapter 90, verse 17. It says, may the favor of the Lord our God rest upon us. Establish the work of our hands for us. Yes, establish the work of our hands. Anybody pray that this week? You know, it's okay to pray that. Actually, just get your Bible out, say, "Lord, I'm going to I'm going to say the same thing David said to you." Start start every work day this week like that. See what happens. See work work is worship. I didn't Okay, don't hear what I'm not saying. I didn't say we should worship our work. But work is an act of worship. Work is ministry. Why would we not pray like David? Now just reflect for a few seconds. Do you pray like David about your work, the work of your hands? So, so I thought you were talking about rested. I am. But I want us to make sure we view work properly. Because... If we don't do that, then we may not be viewing work properly, which means we're probably not viewing Sabbath properly. And for some of us, this is just a good time to evaluate. So let me just ask this question. Have we, as a society, maybe as a church, maybe as the people of God, I don't know, maybe as individuals, have we put leisure in place of Sabbath and called them the same thing? In other words, have we oversimplified, or I made up a word as I was studying, have we unbiblified, that's not a real word, but it is now. Have we unbiblified Sabbath? Because here's what I want to tell you, just what Sabbath simply is not. I'm not saying it isn't these things, it's just not simply these things. For us, the people of God, to Sabbath is not just simply a stoppage of work. It's not simply just relaxing. It's not simply just coming to church on a Sunday. It's not simply an incredible nap this afternoon in the middle of a golf tournament. So Jewish thought, I mean, let's talk a little bit about Jewish thought. A third, a third century Jewish teacher said this, a person's soul, one's spiritual nature becomes enlarged on The Sabbath. Talmudic literature claims that we do not keep the Sabbath to imitate God in order to be God-like. Rather, we keep the Sabbath in order to recognize God as the creator and Lord of the universe by leaving its operation solely to God. We do not work on this day so that we are reminded that the world's turning is not dependent upon us. I'm just going to read that last sentence one more time in case someone was dozing off. We do not work on this day so that we are reminded that the world's turning is not dependent upon us. This is Jewish thought. This is why this is such a big deal to them. But of course, we we must get God's opinion on this, yes? So I want to read And start with this when it comes to rest. We know God did rest, right? I'll prove it to you. Genesis 2, thus the heavens and the earth were finished and all the host of them. And on the seventh day, God finished his work that he had done and he rested. On the seventh day, from all his work that he had done. So God blessed the seventh day and made it holy because on it God rested from all his work that he had done in creation. So there's a, there's a biblical fact for you. God indeed did rest. So it's not just that work was God's idea. Rest was also God's idea. I like God's ideas. You? But let's, let's keep with the theme on this Sabbath because I want us to talk about this. So in Exodus chapter 20 verse 8. We read this, remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy. You're like, you just read this. No, 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 I read Deuteronomy. Stay with me. Remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy. Six days sh- you shall labor and do all your work, but on the seventh day is the Sabbath to the Lord your God. On it you shall not do any work, or your son or your daughter, your male servant, your female servant, or your livestock, or the sojourner who is within your gates. You're like, Brad, are you sure? I thought you just read this. No, no, stay with me. For in six days the Lord made heaven and earth, the sea, and all that is in them, and rested on the seventh day. Therefore the Lord blessed the Sabbath day and made it holy. So I just want to talk to you about rest. And am, I, am I talking about a literal Sabbath day, Sunday day? No, I'm, real, I'm more talking about the idea of rest this morning and that God looked at it, He gave it to us, and He called it blessed and holy. We need to pay attention to what God calls blessed and holy. The seventh day, he said, is a day that is blessed and holy. Now, here's what's interesting. In Genesis chapter 1, verse 22, God creates creatures and animals. And he's like, go be fruitful and multiply, right? Not, listen, not us yet. Hold on. We're going to get to us. These are just the creatures in Genesis 1, 22. You can look it up. And it says, and God blessed them. Wait, God blessed them. Did you see this? He blessed them saying, be fruitful and multiply. Then in verse 28, he creates us. And he says again, and God blessed them. Who? Us. And he said to them, be fruitful and multiply. So then we have a third thing that's blessed, which is the Sabbath. So we have this thing where God says, hey, you're blessed, now go be fruitful and multiply. And he says, hey, you're blessed, go be fruitful and multiply. Then we have rest, and he says, it is blessed. Why would he bless rest just like the other thing? Maybe because rest brings fruit and multiplies. Some of you are burnt out. You're not as effective as you need to be in your work. Whatever work that may be. Maybe that's your occupation, your vocation. Maybe that's in your relationships and you're not as effective as you need to be and you're not seeing multiplication, you're not seeing fruit. It could be that you're not resting properly. Rest is blessed because rest actually gives life. But it's not... That he just blessed it, this, this rest, this thing of Sabbath, he said, and made it holy. It is a holy day. It is a holy day. It is a holiday. That's, that's where we get the word. It's a, wait a minute. So, so let's just think about holidays. Let's just think about holy days. Okay, let's just throw the big ones out there. Christmas, Easter, Thanksgiving. Independence Day is coming up. Those are kind of like the big ones. Those are, those are holidays. Well, let me ask you this, do you just wing it on those days? You just wake up Thanksgiving morning like, well, what are we going to do today? Listen, the 4th of July, some of you already have a garage full of fireworks, like right now, because you're, you're that person. Okay, why? You're not winging it. Okay, let me ask you another question. Are you celebrating on these days? That's what we do on holy days, on holidays. We celebrate. You plan for them, right? You don't just wing it. You plan for them. You celebrate on holy days. Do you know what Sabbath is? It's holy So, so I, I gave you a list of things. I said, listen, this isn't, Sabbath isn't just simply stoppage of work. But Sabbath is a stoppage of work to celebrate and to look back upon your work and then to look to God and thank him for it. See, it has a purpose. There's a plan. We don't just wing it when we rest. Sabbath is indeed relaxing. Relaxing. But it's relaxing so that we can celebrate, so we can reflect and look back upon your work and the blessing of God. Sabbath isn't just simply coming to church. Yes, it can be part of coming to church, but what do we come to church to do? I hope you are here to celebrate the King of kings, the Lord of lords, the risen Savior. And we get to celebrate that and we get to look back and think. We get to thank him for that. And the very idea that we're going to get to go to work this week and be effective because Jesus did what he did. That's what Sabbath is. It's not simply a nap this afternoon. I hope you all do get a nap this afternoon. But may it be a nap of celebration. A nap of blessing. Sabbath is blessed. And Sabbath is holy. Holy. And we should treat it as such. But there's another word that I just brought up about reflecting. Did you hear me say that word a few times? Okay, now let's go back to the passages that I read to start us off. Because the one I just read from Exodus where it says, remember the Sabbath? Okay, at the end of that, for in six days the Lord made heaven, the earth, and the sea, and all that is in them, and rested on the seventh. Therefore the Lord blessed the Sabbath and made it holy. That's what he said right after. He's like... None of your people, should. you shouldn't work, your people shouldn't work, animals shouldn't work. And he said, for six days the Lord made the heavens and the earth. And he points back to creation. But check out Deuteronomy chapter 5, verse 12. I'm going to read it all again. Remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy as the Lord your God commanded you. Six days you shall labor and do all of your work, but the seventh day is a Sabbath to the Lord your God. On it you shall not do any work. You or your son or your daughter or your male servant, your female servant, your ox or your donkey or any of your livestock or the sojourner who is within your gates, that, you, that your male servant and your female servant may rest as well as you. And he doesn't say, he doesn't take us back to the garden here in Deuteronomy. Here's what he says. You shall remember that you were a slave in the land of Egypt. This is very interesting. And the Lord your God brought you out from there with a mighty hand and an outstretched arm. Therefore, the Lord your God commanded you to keep the Sabbath day. There's something else that we should do in our times of rest. It should always be a time to remember that we were slaves. Listen, those of us who are following Jesus, we can never forget that we were slaves. Now listen, we were slaves on two fronts. I want to talk to you about the two fronts quickly. First of all, we, okay, I'm to be careful here. In our culture of work and the grind and the burn the candle at both ends and just the get out. We, listen, we, we, we are, there is an element, we are still sort of slaves to the culture and to the labor and to the, right, we're kind of in it. But as the people of God, we can actually step out of that and go, here's the deal, I'm going to be fine without that for a day. But if you're not a person, if, listen, if you, if you don't know Jesus, you don't believe that, like, you're a slave to that. And we used to be. But now we're not because we follow Jesus. So there's one front, just to the labor, to the culture and what it calls us to be and to do. And we, we as the people of God get to step back and say, nope, actually God runs this, you don't. And that's a blessing, isn't it? Okay. Now listen, here's, here's the other A more important kind of front where we were slaves. We were slaves to sin. We were slaves. You know what we should be thinking about? You know what we should be doing on our day of rest, on our times of rest? We should be reflecting and remembering, man, we used to be slaves to this. And we're not anymore. Then and only then can we celebrate properly. We must remember, listen, we have a culture here. We live in lake country, right? A lot of lake goers, a lot of lake houses. That's awesome. I don't ever want you to stop doing that. That's beautiful. You can go down there and pray and see and, and, and thank the Lord and worship. I mean, it's awesome. But listen to me. My fear is that even the people of God who retreat, they get on a boat and they do all their lake stuff, and not one time do they give a single thought that they were slaves not one time they give a single thought of celebration to Jesus and thanking the Lord for what he did and in their mind no like, oh, I'm sabbath I'm resting I'm just I'm not working it's like man it's, there's so much more to a sabbath than that so it is a stoppage of work to reflect and to remember it's relaxing to reflect and to remember we come to church to reflect and to remember Now listen, I know what some of y'all are thinking. I'm going to go there because I know what's going on. At least five of you are thinking these thoughts. Man, that's Old Testament stuff. You're right. Is it true that Jesus is the true and better Sabbath? Is he? Yes. Our rest is in Jesus. It's not about this day, right? Is it true that because of Jesus that we actually don't have to observe the Old Testament law anymore of keeping the Sabbath? Yes, I would say that is true. Is it true that... On Sunday today, whatever, yesterday, can we go home and we can can we remodel our house today? The answer, yes. Can we work 10, 20, 30 days in a row without taking a day off? Yes, we can do that. Can we go to the store today? Can we buy clothes? Can we go buy a new car today if we wanted to? Yes, we could do that and not necessarily be in sin. The answer is yes. But is it smart? Is it wise? And the answer is this. No, it is not not wise. It's actually a lack of balance. If we choose to do that, it would be a lack of balance within our lives. And Proverbs chapter 11 says this, God is kind of disgusted with the lack of balance. Did you guys know that? Sabbath and rest is a gift to us from our Father for our good. So much though he thought it necessary to model it for us. It would be wise for us to pay attention. See, Sabbath, while it is a time of rest, while it's all time for us to celebrate, it's a time for us to reflect, it's also something else. Sabbath is actually a signpost. And it points us. To Eden, where we were most human. Remember, the first sermon on work. But it's not just pointing us to that Eden. It's actually pointing us even to a truer and better Eden that is to come. And here's what I hope. Hill City, I hope you've been encouraged by this little mini-series on work. Right? That God designed it. That it brings dignity. That your work that you do is God's work. And that when we have that... In line, we understand that. Then and only then can we rest properly. We should rest to celebrate. We should rest to reflect. I hope all this is an encouragement. But there's one more thing we have to talk about. Like Jesus died for us. Just, just talk back to me. Jesus died for us. Amen. Right? He was buried, right? He was in the ground for three days and he rose again. Amen. He ascended and he's, he's, we've talked about this each week. He's interceded for us. He's interceding right now for us. Now hear me, we will see Jesus again. Okay, three people, three people are pumped up about that. (laughs) How many of you have seen Jesus physically, you've seen him with your eyes? No, no, listen to me, we will see our king again, amen. We are going to see him. Can I sit up here today and confidently tell you exactly how that's going to unfold and what's going to happen? No, I can't, I just can't. Okay? And I could bring five different dudes up here, and they'll probably tell you five different variations of how they think it's going to happen. I'm not even going to give you one. I just know this. I haven't seen Jesus, and I'm going to see him. So I want to talk about heaven just for, just for a minute. Let's talk about heaven. Because there are a lot of sort of bi- there biblical schools of thought around this. Philippians one twenty three: I am hard-pressed between the two. My desire is to depart and be with Christ. For that is far better. So this thing's going to happen. I don't know exactly. I've never died. I don't think, I don't know what heaven is. I don't know exactly what it's going to look like after I die. But there's something that happens when we die that there's this, if we we believe in Jesus, we pass from death to life, that we will be with Christ. And it's going to be pretty awesome. Some people are like, no, I actually saw that once. I don't think they did. That's my opinion. I don't, I, I've, there are books about some like few minutes or whatever there. Probably not. I don't know exactly what happened there, but whatever. 2 Corinthians 5.8, yes, we are of good courage and we would rather be away from the body and at home with the Lord. So something's going to happen after we pass away. If we believe in Jesus, that we are going to be with Jesus. But as I read scripture, this seems like something that's actually going to be temporary. Not that, not with the Lord. We'll be with them forever, but like, in this place that's not here. It seems like something that's going to be temporary. And the Bible talks about it's for those who have, and the, and the term they use is those who have fallen asleep in Christ. Right? It's metaphor. Yeah, they're with Jesus, and this is awesome. like, man, I've had to do a handful of funerals, and they're not that fun. But man, when you when it's like, man, this person believed in Jesus, it's like. They're all right. They're with Christ. And here's even better news. We will see them again. Maybe it's when we go to sleep in Christ. But maybe not. Maybe they're going to come back here with Jesus one day. I don't know how that's all going to unfold. It seems to me. That there's more emphasis on life after Jesus has made all things new. There's more biblical emphasis on life after Jesus has made all things new than there is on this place of heaven. So here's what I think is going to happen. The earth, I think here, I think here is where we will be after all things are made new. And there will still be work to do. In the new heavens and in the new earth, it seems to me there will still be work to do. Why? Because there was work to do in Genesis chapter 1. So our lives, right, just listen, people following Jesus, our lives, after all things have been made new, it's not going to be this 24-hour long church service. And some of you are like, thank goodness, I cannot even sit an hour. That's not what it's going to be. But it's also not going to be like this vacation that never ends. It's also not going to be just simply like leisurely lounging for all eternity. Remember, we were created for work. And it seems to me, do I have evidence of this? No. But I was this week, I'm like, man, I, I went to get a haircut. And I was, I, was, I was in the middle of studying all this. And I thought, you know, in the new heavens, and the, like when, when Jesus makes all things new, I think I'm still going to have to get a haircut. I, I think we'll still want flowers to grow. I think we'll still have to cut grass. We're actually still going to have to have a place to live. In other words, there will still be work. It's just that after all things have been made new, the toil will be gone. Listen, I can't even begin to explain to you. I can't. I don't know. You can't explain. I don't know what that's going to look like. I don't know what it's going to feel like. I just know this. It's going to be just like Genesis 1 again. And it's going to be awesome. Revelation 21, then I saw a new heaven and a new earth. That sounds like Genesis 1 to me. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. You know what they were in Genesis 1? They were new. (laughs) When God created them in Genesis 1, they were a new heaven and a new earth. But Genesis 21 says, but the first heaven and the first earth passed away, and the sea was no more. And then a few verses down in the same chapter. And he who was seated on the throne said, behold, I am making all things new. Also he said, here we go, write this down, (laughs) for these words are trustworthy and true. That word right there, when we see behold I am making all things new, that word isn't like the proper translation is actually renewed. Now that's pretty exciting. So all the junk, everything that we see, all the stuff here, on the earth, the messed up stuff. God is just going to make it renewed. He's going to restore. Like, okay, listen to me, followers of Jesus. That thing that we talk about here all the time that Jesus did for you, not that you did for yourself. That thing Jesus did for you where he woke you up and he caused you to pass from death to life. He made you renewed. He's going to do that for the earth one day. And we get to see it. Are are you hearing this? And it's not just we just get to see it. It's like, oh, neat show. No, we'll be right beside Jesus ruling this place with him. If If you're following Jesus, that is your reality. So I was just thinking, I'm not... Maybe this is probably an American thought, but I was studying this. And I thought, okay, if that's true, here's what that means. I am filthy rich. <laughs> I, 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 I don't have to worry about anything. When all things are going to be made new, I'm going to be with Jesus, ruling this place with him. So here, here is my last word of encouragement for you, people of God. Well, it's not mine. It's Paul's. But therefore, my beloved brothers, be steadfast, immovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord. What's the work of the Lord? It's what you're going to do tomorrow when you go to work. Knowing that your labor is not in vain. Listen. Yes, it can be tedious. Yes, the people you are serving, they're probably going to be jerks this week. You're going to be tired. You're going to not want to do it at times. Your labor is not in vain. God designed work. He made us to work. We are to serve and steward that work. We should be the hardest working people on the planet. God's people. And we should be the best at rest and celebration. Because one day, all this is going to be made new. And we'll still have jobs. But one of our main jobs is going to be to rule with Jesus. And all this can only happen because of Jesus, because of what he did. It was God's idea that he came, that he died for us, that he was buried and he rose again, and he ascended, and he is interceding on our behalf right now. Now listen, if you don't know Jesus, if you don't follow Jesus, what I have spoken to you today is not true for you. When you fall asleep, you will not be with Christ. That's not a place everybody gets to go. This is a hard reality, but I've got to tell you because I love you, and it would be malpractice if it—I it, would be—it'd be malpractice within my work to not tell you if you don't know Jesus, you don't go to—you're not with Him. The Bible talks about being in outer darkness, alone, in agony. I don't want that for anyone, but that is true for people who don't know Jesus. If that's you this morning, I'd love to talk with you after the gathering. Maybe. Somehow, some way, the Spirit invaded your heart this morning. I hope that happened. For those of us who do believe in Jesus, I'm going to ask all of us to stand actually. And those, for those of us who do believe in Jesus, we are going to receive communion this morning.